Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Nerd Left Field Podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Only Nerds. Um, I'm here with my co-host Ryan and James. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM, and you can find James on Twitter at James Valentinez. In today's uh, podcast episode, we're going to be doing our top 10 first basemen. Uh, obviously, I posted those already on Instagram and Twitter, but uh, we'll be doing a more in-depth, uh, you know, sort of explanation of our rankings uh, with a couple honorable mentions as well. Uh, and I'll be answering some of your questions that you submitted on my Instagram story uh, earlier today. Um, if you want to submit a question, as always, there's going to be a box on my story, and you should put your question in there. And if it's too long, you can always just DM it if you want. Um, and yeah, let's just let's get into it today with our first base, and we're going to be doing it a bit differently today. We're all going to be reading off our individual list first with honorable mentions. So I will go first. All right, my honorable right, mentions. Stop typing so damn loud. My bad. Books. I'm sorry. You need to fucking finish this honorable mention, man. My honorable mentions are going to be. I'm going to give three. You don't have to give three, but I'm going to give three. Uh, Yandi Diaz, Jared Walsh, and Spencer Spencer Torkelson. Okay. And then first base list here. At number ten, I have Joey Votto. At number nine, I have Ty France. At number eight, I have Reese Hoskins. At number seven, I have Brandon Belt. At number six, I have Pete Alonso. At number five, I have Paul Goldschmidt. At number four, I have Max Muncy. At number three, I have Freddie Freeman. At number two, I have Matt Olson. At number one, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right, I'll go next. At number right. 10, oh, sorry, honorable mentions. Um, I have Reese Hoskins, Jose Abreu, and Ty France. At number 10, I have Yuli Gurriel. At number nine, I have Jared Walsh. Eight, I have Pete Alonso. Seven, I have Joey Votto. Six, I have Brandon Belt. Five, I have Max Muncy. Four, I have Matt Olson. Three, I have Paul Goldschmidt. Two, I have Freddie Freeman. And one, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right. My honorable mentions are Walsh, Rizzo, and Belt. Uh, probably because I forgot someone. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, my honorable mentions are pretty much just me just remembering whatever first base I can remember. Um, and then ten... I have Votto, nine, I have Torkelson, eight, I have Hoskins, well, seven, oh, I have France. Okay. Oh, you want me to slow down? No, eight, you have Hoskins. Okay, go, keep yeah. going. Seven, France. Yep, six, I have Alonzo. Five, I have Goldschmidt. Four, I have Muncy. Three, I have Freeman. Two, I have Olsen. And then one, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Pretty sure we all had him at one, right? Uh, yes, and then yeah. you have Olsen. At two. You have Muncy at four. Yeah, and Freeman at three. I feel like the two to four for me are interchangeable. If you put those those three in any order, I really don't mind. But that's just yeah, what I, I, I don't think Goldschmidt's that good. I think he's good, but I don't think he would be in that top four category, in my opinion. I feel weird about Goldschmidt because the thing is, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he's too far off from, like, a Muncie, but, like, I don't know. But I would say he's clearly, like, not better. I, I yeah, would say, I would say. It's kind of like Muncie does everything a little bit better. Maybe not fielding, but he's a better hitter for sure. He his production is more Goldsmith's sustainable. A, Goldsmith's a better hitter than Muncy. A uh, better fielder than Muncy. I mean, he's a better fielder, but Muncy also has a lot of. Uh, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to you know consider this for first base, but he's a lot of positional uh, versatility. But they're not bad fielders at the position. It's just Goldsmith's better, and it depends on how much you care about first base defense, which obviously you know differs from person to person. And yeah, I, I would say there isn't a good argument for putting Goldschmidt ahead of Muncy, but like it's close. Does that make sense? For I think it makes sense. But do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. think Muncy's just clearly the better offensive player between the two. Um, Muncy's 
before, I mean, even even though he got hurt and he missed and he played, uh, had like 100 fewer play appearances, he still finished with the same F4 as Goldschmidt did, finished with the better WRC+. Plus. Um, I know that, again, their BSRs were similar, 2.1 to 2.3. So while Goldschmidt is a good base runner and steals a lot of bases, their base running value is pretty similar. I, I just, I can't, I don't know. I have Muncie. I think Muncie's just enough better. He's better enough to beat definitively. James, where did you have, um, where did you have Ty France? I didn't hear it. Oh, I had an honorable mention. Why didn't you have him in the top ten? I'm very curious because yeah. I don't really think there's an argument for him not being in the top ten. You don't what? I don't think there's an argument for him not being in the top ten. He's um like what a 130-ish WRC plus hitter. Like everyone's everyone here is kind of the same defense. hitter. Yeah. yeah, but he's an old good defense. Good, good defense. Good defense. Like I don't really see a world where who'd you have at nine and ten? Walsh and uh, Gary. He's yeah. definitely better than Walsh. He's definitely better than Walsh. Walsh can only hit righties, and even then, like he's not even, like he's good, but he's not, not quite as good as some people think. And I definitely think Brandon's better. Like, I don't really see a world where Walsh is. Why, why are you? Man, I don't know. Walsh, uh, 2020, 2021, uh, one thirty one. France is about the same. I guess France is, but France plays better defense. So. And he play, can play more because he's not a... Does he? He's a 17th percentile defender. In what? What do you use? OAA? That's in field OAA, man. Come OAA. On. Come on. Let's, let's grow up. All right, let's be better. Oh, we want, well, we want to use DRS. I, I don't understand even you guys. Even if you use DRS or use DR. Well, no, no. Even if you use, use DR. Like, the problem with OAA, infield OAA is just... it's. I mean, it's just a meh. It's the med defensive metric, and even if you want to go by and OAA, what makes it what makes it a meh defensive metric? Well, one, all defensive metrics are meh. Weapon? What? The, the tracking is used. It's mainly for an outfielder for fly balls, and like even then, like it, even OAA. I mean DRS, I would say is definitely the best, but it's just you can accumulate it way too easy. So if you use like a scaled down version of DRS, then maybe you're getting somewhere. But it really depends, like. You know, Francisco Lindor had like what, 20 OAA, but he had like what four DRS and a negative you know, UZR. I would say he had a good UZR. I don't know. Their defensive stats are all over the place, but I do think France is a better hitter than Walsh because he can play against righties and lefties. I also think he's a better defender. Yeah, he's also, he's just gonna play more and accumulate more value, and he'll be a better player. And he has been a better player for now. Um, and you gonna, know, what, what makes you say he's gonna play more? Because he's he doesn't like, have to Walsh be a platoon. Walsh isn't a platoon either. Like he's he, not, he literally cannot play against lefties. Like even if he does, like, he's terrible. They, they, I mean, he does play against lefties, but he's and awful. He, it doesn't really matter if he plays or not. He's just not good against lefties. He also just had a worse WRC plus this year, like flat out. Like yeah. I understand twenty twenty happened, but um, he seemed to have like it was it was a thirty two game sample size for him. Um, honestly, well, I mean, it was a small sample size for everyone, but right. But this, I'm just saying, like this year, we see our first full. We see a larger sample size for both of them, and we see that Walsh, over that sample size, was slightly worse offensively, worse defensively. Uh, both are bad base runners. Uh, most first basemen are. Um, and they, Walsh projects slightly better. Um, I mean, I just there's really not a methodology you could use to end up with Walsh over France, other than, like, I don't know. He had a better season both of the last two years. I guess no, last year France was better. France was France- but I, I don't love DRS the same way you do. But what about and, UZR? Even I mean, UZR Walsh was terrible. Walsh is an average. I don't think Walsh is a bad defend, defender. I think Walsh is like an average defensive first baseman. France is definitely above average. And France was also just flat out the better hitter between the two. Like, just even if you don't like projections or expected, he was just a better hitter. 
I mean, they have the same pro- they have the same projections for last for next year, anyways. So that doesn't really matter. No, Francis is still a little bit better. He's just like I think when you're better in production and projection, there's really no argument other than just I don't know. I agree. Right. I agree. Um. So Walsh, Walsh. I guess I just looked at this. Walsh had a better WRC plus the last two years. France was better last year, but by what two? Maybe. So I mean, like. They're basically the same player to me. That's fair. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, like, I go ahead. I mean, just value-wise, they they might as well be the same. Walsh is a little bit better on the bases. France is better in the field. They're the same hitter. Like, I, you, you, how are they not the same hitter? Well, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, like the like I think defense is inherently more valuable than base running is, especially since they're like their base running gap. They're both negative defense. Like they're not going to give you anything base running wise. Um, and again, um, Walsh this year had 585 plate appearances, 144 games. Um, probably because he can't, and I don't. He's probably because he can't play against lefties. So if he's going to cap out around 580 uh, plate appearances, all France going to be putting up above 600 plate appearances consistently as long as he stays healthy. Um, which she hasn't really had complications with. Well, He's I guess the, only, player. the reason why uh, Walsh didn't play as much was because they had two first basemen to begin the year, and he wasn't even a starter to begin the year. So, well, let me pull up something quickly. Um, yeah, so he started playing consistently from April third on, and the season started for them on April first. So two games that really make up a six hundred. That's not. Well, it, a- I mean, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about though. They were platooning him for the first couple months. No, he played. Oh. Cons- he started consistently. Because he, he was playing some outfield to start the year instead of first Oh, base. yeah, that's true. So he was getting plate appearances. I just – I don't think that – you know, I think there's a lot – like his he, he has ridiculous barrel skills. He barrels a ton, and I know France doesn't. But France doesn't have – like, I, this is kind of weird too. Where, like, France doesn't really do anything that stands out other than just, like, make a ton of – like, not strike out a lot. Um, and yet he still projects really well offensively. That's a, that's kind of funny. I mean, I know I, it's probably because he killed it in the minors, and that projects like in 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 Triple A, he put up he put up he still like seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, he had a, a three seventy two isolated power, which is just unbelievable. But I, I don't know. I just I really like how France. I think France just he's just gonna be better. He's just already been better, and I think he's, that's gonna continue. But we should probably move on to something else because we've been talking about Ty France and Jared Walsh. Okay, so, episodes, so we have ahead. a little bit of a problem with um ties given mm-hmm. that there's only three of us so 10 9 8 we have a tie and then five and four we have a tie so we can start here we've already been talking about france for a while mm-hmm. um so tied for eighth i guess we'll call Vado eighth because all three of us had him top 10 and then the other two i don't know but what, what, the other two? what? what the other two? okay so at number 10 or at tied for eighth we have Ty France, Reese Hoskins, and Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck is that sound? What's oh that might have been? <laughs> I think my little brother just. I don't know if I'm using the right mic because hold on. Yeah, you see that makes sense because I'm using. I'm using. Okay, that's that should be better. I was sometimes I use my blue snowball mic just to run up any of the filter, and uh, I forget sometimes to just change it to filter out any background noise. It's a weird story. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so for number, I, okay, I'm gonna call France ten, Hoskins nine, Votto eight because that's the order that we have them in on my on my spreadsheet. But mm-hmm. um, they're tied. So 
we start we we already talked about France. Um, Reese Hoskins. Anyone have anything to say about Reese Hoskins? Reese Hoskins comes in as our number nine first baseman. I think it's a great spot for him. Yeah, I think he's really underrated. I think he's really good spot for him. Yeah, I think he's really underrated. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like the the, I I would say the general consensus is that not top ten, and I would say it's kind of crazy. You know, Gavin Gavin Rodriguez call him Gavin D Rod. And I were talking about it last year, and he said that, you know, Hoskins has potentially be the best first baseman in baseball. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but, you know, he's still really good. He has, like, top five potential, I think, at least. Dude, he absolutely crushed the ball this year. Like, yeah, he's so good. He's – the thing that's weird about him that, you know, it, it kind of makes – like, his the discrepancy in his UZR and DRS is kind of weird. Um, not sure about his – oh, I haven't checked. Um, I, I feel like he's just one of those players – like, I think he started off the year pretty mid, and uh, Philly fans are kind of like New York fans in a sense where – you know, they'll just choose to not like a player, and the consensus is they suck because said fan base doesn't like said player. Like, that happened with Stan for a while, where Stan wasn't good because Yankee fans really hated him. Um, kind of think it's the same case here. I don't think I've really heard much about Hoskins not being good. He's, I mean, he's a terrible defender, terrible base runner, but he hits the ball hard. Um, he walks a lot. Like, he's basically what you yeah. want as a There's nothing more you could want from him, really. He didn't walk that much this year compared to walk the last 10.6%. Oh, That's yeah. So- Really good compared to like years he, of- he used he used to be like a league leader in walks and he's not really up there anymore. One year, come on, give me a year. Um, no, but I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. I don't just this year. And um, he hits two thirty. Kind of sucks. I I okay. I'll be he's honest more, with you. I um, <laughs> I don't I don't see the potential for him to be the best first baseman in baseball. If that's what you guys are saying. No, that's not what I'm I was saying. saying he did. I'm just saying like. He's top five potential. I, I didn't say like he could be the best. I, I don't think he'll ever be a top five. I, granted, I, I think I could. I happen. have I have him lower than both of you. Um, he hits the ball hard. He hits the ball in the air all the time, which I guess is good. He had a the roof, he has a he has a career average launch angle of twenty three degrees, which is very what's his high. What's percentage? So what? Let me check. What's his line it's, percentage? It's like twenty percent. It's still like like hold on. He can imagine be, Reese Hoskins in Houston. Yeah, imagine Reese Hoskins in Houston with the Crawford boxes. Like that would be fucking ridiculous. I mean, he the ball is never on the ground for Hoskins. Like thirty percent of the time, it's very low. Well, let me see. Okay, so he has line drive percentage. He, first of all, his uh, O swing is twenty nine point eight, which has gone up since twenty nineteen, which is twenty four, which is ridiculous. But I think he could still get some of that twenty. Like he's he had ridiculous play this point. That only hasn't been as good the last couple of years, but it's still pretty solid. As a line drive percentage, where'd it go? 20%. That's still, like, pretty good. I think it could go up. Anyways, continue with the, the list. All right. Coming in at number eight, we have Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had he had his best season in a few years this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I don't really have a problem with that. It's a perfectly good place for him. That's yeah, fine. Crushes the ball. But like, so does everyone else. Yeah. Now I think this year was what he started lifting. Did he start lifting the ball more? Like he hit more line drives. There it was. He, yeah. I mean, yeah, he lifted the ball more. He had a 93 miles per hour average exit velocity, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Question is that carries over. Like that's that's kind of the thing with Vada, where it's like he, if he was like 35, I would be a little more forgiving. But he's 38. It's a little different. And we've seen Vada go up and down a little bit. So I don't know. It's weird to kind of rank Vada. When I mean, yeah, because, like, 2015 to 18, he was probably the best first baseman in baseball. And then 
like last two years he was very very bad but this year he came back i don't know tough to rank him yeah because i mean like he doesn't project he doesn't project particularly well but relative to the other guys yeah i guess but that's also that's that's also because he's old though yeah, that's when you're 38. I mean, it's just hard. To, like you're betting, you're, you're basically age. You know, it's hard. You just age is weird. Like it, some mean, guys just age differently, and it's like it's, obviously it's he's he's not the 160 WRC plus hitter he was from 2010 to 2018, but he's also not the 90 WRC plus hitter he was the last two years, or 100. So I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where to put him. I think eight, ten. I think ten's a good spot. But anyways, continue. Um, at seven we have brandon belt who jack left off or not jack ryan left off which i think yeah because steamer that's why i know but he also doesn't play a lot like he doesn't play that much is he really like are we how sure are we that brandon belt is going to put play like 130 games but he doesn't need to he 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 has he he played 97 games man yeah i know but he literally led the league in wrc plus last season more his numbers would go down but his where would go up because it'd be accumulation. So right, but I'm just saying, like, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not saying he can't be top ten. I, I had him as honorable mention, but last year he was ninth in F WAR, right? And so in his break, like last year's ninth in F WAR. Um, so a guy who's kind of getting up there in age, he's going to be 34 now. We really have only seen him perform well um, in really limited sample sizes. How sure are we that he can play? 130 games, 100, you know, with that t- level of WRC plus. I know he changes when he, he's with, I'm not, not saying it's going to be a 160 WRC plus over 100. Not 60. I said one like 30. How convinced oh, are we that he's going to play 140, 130 games? I don't, hmm? I don't really see why. What's up? I don't really I see why. He's pretty, uh, I, I don't really, I don't think his numbers would decrease that much to the point where he's not. Uh, considering I mean, he's going to have, yeah, go ahead. He's hitting the ball harder than he ever has in his career. He's barreling it way more. His um, he's he's put he's bringing the ball down from like his last four or five seasons. He was up in like the twenties, um, launch angle, whatever. Uh, his his line drive percentage was down this year, but he was hitting more fly balls. I don't know. It's his numbers. His stack has numbers are weird. Right, but his, but here's but the but the ahead. point is that he's barreling the ball more than he ever has at like seventeen percent the last two seasons, which is very very high. So right, but the guys that had ahead of him, so Vlad Olson, Freeman, Muncie, Goldie. I, I don't know why to write Goldie. I can I know how to spell Goldschmidt, <laughs> um, Alonzo, and France, and all those seven guys are better, just flat out better than him in F four. Um, and that's part of it because they just played more. Um, but for first baseman, like, is it like a right? No, I, I understand, but just just hear me out here. Um, Hoskins would have been better if he didn't get hurt. Um, probably he probably no, actually, I'm not so well, sure. How are you going to take away from Belt for not playing? No, no, no but it's different playing. because Belt is consistent, like, Belt is different. Belt is, I think, Belt's offense is a lot less sustainable than Hoskins is. Um, and I think Wait. that's just up to personal, personal preference. Uh, then I have Votto ahead of him, and Votto was just flat out better than he was. That's so. Though I mean, I what, get what, it. I, was you, he though? Like was Votto was much? Votto last year. Last Votto's year, better. like yeah. he doesn't have to sustain a one sixty one WRC plus to be seventh. If he sustained a one sixty one WRC plus, he'd be top three. We're assuming he's not. If he, right. If, I I just don't think 
Steamer, obviously, you know, 2019 weighs him down. A but bit. do you think those do you think those extra 30 games that Votto played is gonna bring belts down by 20 points? I no, just I just don't think he's gonna sustain a 158 WRC plus because if the guy's gonna the guy's okay. I know I know that's not what you're saying, but here's what I here's how I'm seeing it. All right. Um he's in his career, his best years were is putting up like a 140, 136 WRC plus. I don't think he's going to – like, I don't think he's suddenly going to be 34 and play a full season and surpass that. So I think he's going to be around the 130 WRC plat, plus bat, and I think he's going to be putting up maybe 100 games at most. And the defense is declining too, which doesn't really bode well for a guy who's getting injured so much. I don't think the defensive value is going to be what it once was. Um you know, he's, he's like he put up in 2019, he was a 5DRS guy, 1.6 UZR per 150. 2018, 11 DRS, 8.7 UZR per 150. 2020, negative UZR, no defensive run save. This year, negative four defensive run save, positive UZR. It just feels like the defense is going the wrong way. I don't think the offense is going to continue to sustain itself. And I don't think he's going to be playing that many games. And then as for um, Torkelson, I just think Torkelson is going to come up and be, you know, con- con- just put him, put himself as the as a consensus top 10 first baseman. Um, because Torkelson has just absolutely incredible power and projects very, very well. So I could be wrong about Brendan Bell. And I put, I think I, did I put him as an older mention? Yes, I did. Um, I could be completely wrong about him. He's around my 11th best first baseman. If you have him 10, eight, nine, eight, hell, even seven, I'm not going to argue with you on it too much, but that's just my reasoning behind it. I just, I think it's I tough to more. say that a guy, like, I understand that Torkelson has great power. But I don't understand how you I, – I, okay, I understand why you do it, but I just don't agree with putting a guy who's never played a game over a guy that's who not true. He has been – played. Not he a played major league game. He's, played, he's played plenty of games. He's, he's played 120 minor league games, and he hasn't even – it's not even like he's lighting up the minor leagues. He had a 130 yes, WRC plus in AAA. Yeah, he had 130 WRC plus in AAA. Think about it. So here's here's his first and, professional season okay, in the minors and, as and a 20, Steamer, 20, Steamer projects him. Steamer projects him to have the same WRC plus in the majors as he did in the minors. Absolutely, I understand yes. there's a year there's a year of improvement there, but that is very rare that a guy comes up and is the same. Also, not really true. that's how, how, do you have evidence on that? Because Torkelson came up and in his full, so he he started off pretty slow in AAA, um, and then in his final 31 games just was he continued to be like just slugged uh, 600. Um, 990 OPS, 157 WRC plus, struck out only 18.4% of the time. And that's one big thing if you want your, your regular power to translate to game power. If he had like a big hole, like if he was striking out like 30% of the time, I would agree with you. And I would say that I'd be worried about how he would translate to the major league level. I think he will have like a rough April, maybe a rough May or half of May, and then he'll just completely turn it on. Um, that's usually what happens with a lot of these younger guys. And I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I can see it. I understand leaving Torkelson off, but I'm going to keep put Torkelson on there. Um, and yeah. I don't even think Steamer has him top. I don't think Steamer even puts him as a first baseman. So Steamer has him as a third baseman, but they also have him as yeah. a one third university plus hitter, which I think is yeah absolutely egregious. And they have, a, have him as a two a point. They have him as a two. Po- well, that's not. I don't think it's egregious because I, I just I I don't think he can be egregious because I think it makes sense. But as for first baseman, um, his Steamer F four would have him like right. Well, back, actually, I think no. 11. Steamer Steamer doesn't have him at all on their list or on their like leaderboards. He's not here. Yeah, so he'd be tied with Ty France, which and they have as tenth Steamer F four. Um, so he'd probably he's probably a front like if you don't put him in the top ten, like it's not like I'm saying oh you have to have him top ten per se, but I do think he's top fifteen at least. 
So yeah, I just think it's tough to. I just think it's tough to got, call a guy who's actually never played a major league game a top ten major league first baseman. No, are we, are but, we really sure that Spencer Torkelson actually exists? Yeah, I think that might be a point. Like, I'm not sure if he's actually real. Maybe. I mean, I've never even seen the guy on TV. So I never seen the guy. He may just be voices inside my head. Even plays baseball. Okay. Um, and then at number five, no, number six, we have Pete Alonso, New York Mets. Yeah, makes sense. That I think all of us had him. That's the only spot you get at Pete Alonso, I think. No, actually, I had him. I had him eighth. Why? Why? I had him below Votto and below Belt. Uh, I, I, I mean, I could see Votto outplaying him, but I wouldn't bet on it. Because both Votto and Belt have been much, much better the last two years. So I Wait, just, much, much better? If I, if I, hold on. If I did tiers like, for first base, I would have the top five, and then I'd have Alonzo in his own category, and then Belt below him. Okay. I would have – I would definitely – in my list, if I tiered him, I'd put the I'd put Guerrero on his own, and then I'd put the next four, and then I'd put Alonzo yeah, and Belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would have what? Alonzo in I think Guerrero is so much better than Freeman that like well, I agree. I, I'm just saying, I agree. Like, no, I think I mean that. Yeah, I agree to the extent. And then I and then my my like third tier, I'd have Alonzo Belt and Bado, and then go from there. Okay. I but, will say this though. Do you think a what seven point gap in WRC plus between Alonzo and Bado, considering Alonzo is not thirty eight, and do you not like I think that should help. I think that should help Alonzo's case here. If we're talking about going into twenty twenty, if if that's a hypothetical year, and also Alonzo ultimately isn't going to matter too much on the surface. And I know it's a little hypocritical because I'll say like it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, Alonzo didn't see a decrease in his barrel rate, a drastic one. No, actually increased his barrel rate by around 7%. So you're that should hold up well. Right, you're saying. Oh, uh, but, can you hear me now? Yeah, something about his barrel okay, rate. Okay, yeah, so his barrel rate is was the highest of its career this year. His hard hit rate was the highest of his career this year. His launch angle was the same as it was his rookie year. Um, his exit velocity was the highest of its career, and he sh- shrunk his K percentage in comparison to his rookie year by seven percent. Now, strikeouts don't matter in a vacuum, but when you maintain your quality of contact and drop your strikeout rate, that's usually a very good thing, and I think that should help Alonso's offense going forward. Um, I I I also think that it kind of sucks that he plays in City Field. Like if he played anywhere else. With exception like Kansas City, I think he would hit a lot like significantly better. But he happens to be a fly ball hitter in City Field, which kind of sucks. I'm not gonna say that like should be the reason why you should have him higher, but that's just me pointing that out because I don't know. All right. I just think I mean, okay. He he actually had plus five DRS last year, which is yeah, very surprising. But he's um, solid defender. I think he's he's the worst uh base runner out of everyone which i know they're all bad base runners but like when you're putting up negative nine runs that's like a lot over the last three years um i don't know i think it's i i just had both those guys higher because they're better hitters the last couple of years and i don't i and i know they're way older so i could see the argument that like you could see regression there but alonzo has also quote-unquote regressed from his rookie year so that's been like his juice balls, I think. I actually think he's going to be better next year than he was his rookie year. Right. Wait, you think you think he has like a what a one fifty to rest of all six year? I don't know about all that. No, I think he has a one fifty, but I think he, I think, all right. I think he could. At number five, tied for fourth, we have Max Muncy. Um, I don't know. I struggle to put him up here because, like you guys, like you guys were saying, um, he's going to miss half the season, so. 
I think it means he's, he's going to be the top how many plays. So. Yeah, but like if if you guys are you guys major list based on projecting next year, like yeah, if you're trying to project well, his value know. next year, his value is going to be less because he's not going to play. When I made the list, I didn't know he's going to play half of the year. Um, Which was just you being ignorant because because uh, this report has been out for months. No, well, here's the thing: you don't know the severity of the injury because major league teams have been able to contact their players, so we don't know how he's actually recovering or when he'll be back. So, I mean, he has he has has a torn UCL, and I think they're running Tommy John. Are they? The, but they can't make that decision, and we actually we don't know, like we just don't know what it is. Like we know it, it's a torn. I, I know that, but for position players, usually recovery time is a little bit more forgiving. Um, of course, you're not it throwing. But yeah, so um, I actually don't. We actually like have no idea what he what what he's gonna do or how he's gonna like. We I don't know. There was a report earlier in the offseason that he'd be out for the season, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough, but um, either way, he's still great hitter, person, uh, positional versatility. Um, he's actually a very good defender too, I believe. Yes, yes. I think. Yeah, he I'm had. Sure, he had said he had plus six DRS, plus three WRC, and uh, not plus plus three UZR. Um, I don't know. He's I also. Like, I feel like we kind of had a consensus with him. He's a free agent after next year, I think. Actually, he has a twenty twenty three club option. Yeah, Muncie. But oh, yeah. th- that will get picked up because it's going to be yeah. Nothing. But he's. I'm just saying he after twenty twenty three throw he's free. But he's that's, probably still to the Dodgers. Two, that's Not, two years. Like yeah. I mean that'll get picked up easily. The AAV on his contract's nine million dollars. So he's also like a good defensive second baseman, which is like he's the, the if, uh, if, uh, he is six defensive runs saved, six point three UZR. I know twenty twenty was a bad defensive year, but twenty nineteen good defensive year. He had negative two OAA last year at second base. Okay, but the two literally two out of the three defensive metrics and right, OAA third second base, he would be the best second baseman in baseball. I'd, his defense would be fine. Like I would still put him there. I don't know. I, I still think Marcus Simeon. And, you have a fucking boner if you fucking love Simeon for no reason. I, I don't. I don't see a way that you could argue that this guy, with who the last three seasons has never been better than him, is better than him. But um, go for it. Make the argument. Um, because past production does not correlate exactly with future production, and the idea that past production will always correlate with future production is close-minded. Average Max Muncy over yeah. the last three seasons has not had well, one time a season okay, better than Marcus Simeon. Okay. James, do you realize how like volatile, like how, how volatile like top ten WRC plus for a or twenty or thirty? How volatile that is in the season? Or like uh-huh. per year, like year to year. Do you know how volatile? Muncy's also hurt, and Simeon doesn't get hurt. He's too good for that. So, um, like, dude. All right, at number four, we have Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals, who I had higher than you guys. You guys both had him. I already, had we already him. talked about Muncie Goldschmidt, so no complaints there. What? We already talked about Muncie Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt, so, I mean, no complaints, really. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like this is kind of interchangeable. I had Muncie, I have Goldschmidt three, Olsen four, Muncie five. Olsen should be at least top three. Olsen's definitely top three. How is Olsen five? 
Olsen's definitely the top three. I had Olsen four, but... Oh, how's Olsen four? Because I, I, I like Goldschmidt more than him. Why do you like What's Goldschmidt do better than Olsen? Well, he's... um for Okay. I had him higher. <laughs> what does he do better? What does he do better than Olsen? Let's, let's go back. I made the list yesterday. Um, the only thing that Goldschmidt does better than Olsen is run the bases. Olsen's a way better hitter. He's also a way better defender. Like, come on. All right, come on. I would not call Olsen a way better hitter. I would call Olsen a way better. He is a way better hitter. Olsen, right. Olsen hit 195 in 2020. Come like, on, this is not ball don't stop. This is deep drive pot, right? Come on. Ball don't stop. I don't care. Uh, Olsen had a 103 WRC plus in 2020. And the Goldman in 2019 had a 117 WRC plus, which is the largest sample size in 2020. Yeah, which is also longer ago. Who's the Yankee? Olsen. I like that Olsen. I think having... I think the fact that people said he was better than Freeman last year was absolutely awful. But he's well, now he is. Now he is. I don't think he is. But no, he um, is now. He he is. He just is. What's he but, better at? He's not a better hitter. He was better offensively. He, he projects better. Um, I think he's slightly Freeman, better defensively. Freeman had now. um quite the unlucky first half, but okay. But that's because he hit the he hammered the ball into the ground. Of course, you can't have a forty three percent ground ball rate as a guy who's not that fast. And that's his fault. I mean, okay, is it really though? Like that's, yes, that's, when you hit pulling the the, the pitchers are better, you know. No, dude, pulling ground, it doesn't matter how hard you hit the ball. Pulling ground balls, hitting ground balls is just terrible. You should never like hitting ground balls is an awful thing, and we should get rid of it in society. Randy, yeah, Yon, I said yeah. Also, <laughs> also, Matt, Matt Olson's a strikeout king, and I don't like strikeouts. You literally cut. He's under twenty percent. Wait, time out. That's just a high no, he, he, brought, he actually brought his strikeout rate way down last year, which is like yeah, massive improvement. Um, but oh, I would... um, did you know that Matt Olson has less strikeouts than Cole Polisper does in 2019? So um, what I'm looking at? Oh, I'm looking at Freeman. I don't know. Oh, are we talking about Freeman versus Olson? All right. Well, we have Freeman. We also have Freeman and Olson tied because we have every fucking player in the world tied. God damn it. Because um, of Jackson not showing up and not being dedicated. It really is. Yeah. But um I don't know. At number one, we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is by far the best first baseman in baseball. I can't even see I can't I honestly cannot see an argument that you could make that you could say that Freddie Freeman's better than him anymore, which I've I've seen some people have him higher. Um, it's just brace fans. It's just brace fans. That's it. No, it's I don't think it's just brace fans. I think it's I get, it is just brace fans. It really is just Bears fans. Exclusively Bears fans. And Quinn. Yeah. All right. Um, no, let's go into questions here. Um, let me pull some okay. questions. Do a couple uh, questions. Um, here. Where, where are we going with that? We're doing a couple questions here, and then okay. we'll push up here. All right. Let's see what we got here. Um. What owner should sell the team? Sell their stake in respective teams. Like, what owner should sell teams? Like, what, what, give us John J. Fisher. Top three owners that should sell their teams: Stu Sternberg, John Fisher, and um, who else should sell their team? Um, I would say, uh, let's think. Uh, Rocky's owner. Who's that guy? Dick Monford. Oh yeah, Dick. He's Definitely. Guys. You is he sold which... already, or is he sell? Because I know that their GM is gone. No, he didn't sell it. Yeah, Burgess okay, is gone. So he should go. Yes, he should go. 
I feel like I feel like this is a dumb question. Like you can't if you're making money off of it, why would you sell it? Like I understand you guys are talking about it from a solely baseball perspective, but it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Why but that's the, that's where the question was being asked from James. Stop being a party pooper, man. Answer the question. What did I just What did I just do? I fucked. Answer something the question. Up. Yeah, you you fucked up this question segment. We were having good vibes, man. Answer the question, dude. I'm joking. Wait, hold on. I'm not joking. Figure it out, James. There oh, we go. I was joking. I, I, I switched the order on my thing on accident. Okay. Keep going. All right. Who says no? Forrest Whitley. This is Astros for, for Reds. Forrest mm-hmm. Whitley, Tyler Whitaker, and Jake Myers for Luis Castillo and Amir Garrett. Who says no? Definitely the, the Reds. Reds. They're going to want more. Now, if they offer that for like, I think, Whitley, I, think I, I, I just good... don't think Whitley has that much value anymore. Yeah, I would agree. Um, maybe just like three years ago, then maybe they would. But maybe yeah, but coming have... off of multiple injuries, I just I yeah, just he's not that valuable. And steroids too. But like he's Myers, yeah. And wait, it's, they said Whitley Myers and who? Tyler Whitaker. Yeah, this Who's is not that? getting, dude. This guy, this couldn't get like I don't even know if this can get like Sonny Gray. It could Sonny... probably get Gray, but it probably maybe. I don't know. You don't think he could get a better offer for something great? I still want more. Jake Myers is okay. I don't really. I think Willie's kind of hit or miss. No, I um, think he's miss. He is miss. He's not good. Who will win AL Cy Young in twenty twenty two? Why is it Shane Boz? I like Shane Boz a lot, but I question the volume they'll have. So I'll definitely just go with Garrett Cole. Um, I'm gonna give a non Garrett Cole answer because I feel like like the favorite. It's going to be Garrett Cole for obvious reasons because he's the best pitcher in the American League. Um, uh, I mean, I, I guess you could. Is he really though? Go, is he yes, though? yes. Stop. Yeah. No, I'm not doing this. Yes. He's he's the second best pitcher in New York. Oh, my God. No, actually, third. Third he's, best oh, pitcher. Okay. He's the second oh, best pitcher in New York. No, I actually forgot that Max Scherzer is in New York now. So he's actually the um, third best pitcher in New York. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm going to say. Okay, okay, I don't want to pick Shane Bieber because he already won one recently. Yeah. Um, Should you go huh. look at numbers here? Uh, Jose Barrios is winning it next year, by the way. Just gonna no, I'll go with MLB Nerd's Instagram follower, Lance McCullers Jr. I'm going to go – I'm going to say Justin Verlander might win it. I, no, actually, wow. no, volume. Fuck. I forgot. Volume, volume matters. Well, well I, I, don't, I don't see a volume issue with Verlander other than the fact that he's coming off. He's fucking it. Tommy John's injury. He's not going yeah. to Yeah. Um, but AL is tough. I feel like AL pitchers kind of suck. No. <laughs> the whole Astro – to be honest with you – like the top three Astros pitchers, I could see winning it. The Astros are the best pitcher uh, in the league, though. By a country I don't, mile. I don't love Valdez. I know because you're a big Maxwell Resnick and and XRV. I mean, I don't think I don't think Valdez will win a Cy Young, but I mean, he's, Dude, he's like so if he's good. if he's your so three, and like let's say the Astros, like that's their three. Um, the Astros are still by far the best team in the American League. It's not even close. Like there's no one close to the American League. Who's if the close? Yankees get Correa and Olsen, but that's and but that hasn't happened. I'm it saying right now. Right now. I'm saying right now. It's I'm not saying there's a lot of offseason left, but right now the Astros. Right. I'm not. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to make a that the Astros are going to remain the best team without finishing off the offseason because things can still happen. But as of right now, the oh, Astros the are the best pitching staff in the American League, in my opinion, at least rotation wise, oh, yeah. rotation wise, rotation wise, rotation wise, rotation wise, rotation wise. I still don't know if I love that take. I would still Who's, take. The, am I forgetting someone? I think I, no. I think we could say comfortably the top two rotations in the AL are the Yankees and Astros. No, right? the Yankees do have no, better rotation. Not. Than the Astros. not the Yankees. Yeah. The Astros. I'm saying the no, top but. Two. 
I, I don't think we're not a better rotation than them. We I just think they're literally no, but I, I just I just don't think the, the Yankees top. are even second. Then who? I say the Rays are second, right? Would the Rays be second? Those are a bunch of long relievers, just fine. They're they're definitely the second best pitching staff. All right, no, no, the best pitching staff. I would yeah, say they're the best. I, I, I think the Blue Jays have a better rotation than the Yankees too. Well, I didn't with the Blue Jays, but I don't know. Sure. It depends on how Severino. Severino could come back and be a top ten pitcher. I would not be surprised. He also come back and suck. I would not be surprised. Like he, if he is plant, pitching to his potential, then the Yankees will have the best rotation in baseball. I'm not in, in the AL, better than the Astros, but I don't think it will happen. I don't think we could bank on. I, I don't think he comes back and is like. I just said like you can't be. I no, I th- I actually think it's virtually impossible. Like okay, I'm gonna say this right now. I think there's like a one percent chance Luis Severino comes back and is bad at baseball. He's either well, if he's, he's also floor- attacking. That's gonna be difficult. Oh, well, no. yeah, I don't. I'm not saying he'll be bad at baseball. I'm just saying he also reworked his changeup. Like no, I just think it's impossible for him to come back. Like I can't see a world in which with that arsenal he'll come back and he'll be anything worse than like a really fucking good reliever. Like I'm sorry, I can't see it. He was throwing 94, 95. Well, I- he was throwing 94-95 and was absolutely embarrassing hitters with 94-95. We're talking about like, as, as a front-line starter. Like, when he was healthy, right. he was, when he was healthy, he was a top-10 starter. Like, to go back to that, I don't know if he can. If he can, the Yankees are the best rotation in the AL. I'm not going to bank on that. But, you know, that's kind of up in the air. And I think I, mm-hmm. I think we should start talking about the Yankees. But real quick, I'll, I'll end on that. Uh, I'll end the, the Yankees segment here on, on this last part here. Like, And we're talking about – AL Cy Young guys, Luis Severino, if he comes back, could definitely be a guy if you're looking for a dark horse. I know where to pick now. Who do you know? Um, so I think, like, thinking about, like, quality of opponent and then innings pitch, all that stuff, I think Dylan Cease has a really good shot at this award. Because Dylan oh, Cease is, I like, that. like yeah. you know, you, you I mean, I know I'm not going to, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we all kind of understand that the White Sox aren't really going to be pitching, playing, like, great teams all the time. And I don't think. It's going to matter too much in signing voting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Dylan C is also, like, really fucking talented. Like, all he's got to do is figure out his command. And he took a big step last year. And he'll go ahead and he'll – he can go ahead and win a Cyan. So, I'll pick Dylan C. So, it's like, uh, ooh. I agree. All right. Let's move on to a couple more here. We'll do two more, and then we'll head out for the day. I totally just closed it for no reason. Um, let's see. Um... Um, where'd it go? Ah, uh, Kyle Hendricks bounced back. Will that happen? I know James is gonna say yes, I will say no. Yes, just very good. yes, yeah. okay. He was so bad last year that it's hard for me to see him being so bad again. So, very yeah, I'll say, very good. yeah, he's just weird. Like, I don't, he's like, he's always been like a guy who's like a regression candidate and he finally regressed. So, like, do I, like, it's, I don't know, this is weird. He's always been a regression candidate, he finally regressed. And it wasn't really like anything weird happened. He just kind of got hammered. I don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, eh, eh, Hendricks is tough because yeah, he still last year just his main problem was the home run, um, and it would kill him. I, I mean, like I stopped watching Cubs baseball halfway through the season, but um, actually I. I, I stopped I stopped watching Cubs baseball on July 31st because it wasn't worth my time anymore. But um, I I do have to say like with Kyle Hendricks, at least in the first half of the season when I was actually watching the games, he would just leave shit over the plate all the time. Stuff that like normally he can get away with because guys will swing and miss it stuff right down the middle against Hendricks. But he's not they a pure, weren't. He's not a pure pitcher. He's not a pure ball player. 
They yeah. no, actually, he is a pure ball player. Um, he is actually. Ball, a pure ball, ball don't stop would love Kyle Hendricks. Well, I think I think I should ask Ball don't stop to do a, a Kyle Hendricks breakdown later today. Um, actually, it's good because um, I, his walk rate was way up from 2020 and even before that, like. I don't know, and his strikeout rate, strikeout rate even even as low as it was before was way down. Um, I think he'll be fine though. So, um, I don't know if he's I don't I don't know if he's a sub three ERA pitcher, but him and Stroman will be fun, I, and I will actually maybe watch them. Last one here is Pete. Where would you rank Pete Walker amongst pitching coaches? I'll say top seven i'll say i don't really know because who gives a fuck what a pitching coach is doing like yeah uh, it's hard to rank pitching coaches it's, it's, more about, it's, I think it's hard is, to rank any coaches or managers like, like i don't know what to do with them development like who just pitching development where would you rank that oh it's not 10 That's pr- sure. it's pretty good i mean like alec Manoa is a god so like alec Manoa is mid but robbie ray changes his career obviously uh, Kevin Gosman could get better. He could get worse. I don't know. He could stay the same. He's still. I don't know. The Giants. The Giants also have really good pitching development. Well, the Giants yeah, pitching the Giants are incredible. Top three. All right, it's clearly top three. So, maybe, like, fortunately, the best pitching coach in baseball is very clearly Matt Blake. Um, no, it's Larry a, Rothschild. Yeah, Larry I mean, Rothschild. Matt Blake is probably the the best pitching coach in baseball, behind maybe Kyle Snyder. Like realistically. Well, if depends. Well, Brett Strom is still around, so I'd say Brett Strom's oh, one. Oh, Strom is probably better. Yeah, but it's also because he's a longer like. Matt Blake is so good. Sam Breen is also so good. And I, I'm not going to go on a Yankees tangent here. I just think they're kind of good. So. No, I actually, uh, I I think that, you know, think about it. He took, he had like, like, he didn't even, ha- I think he had like out of what Strom and uh, Snyder had, he probably had the worst talent in his pitching staff. Yeah. Um, sure. Or at least, a, and he conjured up a fucking incredible pitching staff. So uh, Matt Blake is the guy. Um, And I like, honestly, like, Matt Blake is one of those people where, like, you know, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that far. All right, no, no, that is it for this episode of the Revenue Field Podcast. Uh, if you like what you saw, please leave us a five star rating, whatever platform you're listening to. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Drive Pod. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Winters. Make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ASM. Make sure you follow James on Twitter at ja- James uh, Valentinas. Make sure you unfollow Jackson because he wasn't here with us today at Jackson Dells too. Go and follow him if you're already following him. Go and follow him. It's been a deep drive left field by Castellanos, and we will see you in episode number 49. Also, make sure to follow um, Ball Don't Stop, or Baseball Don't Stop. For Baseball Don't Stop, excuse me. No, it's actually at MLB Don't Stop. Make sure you follow at MLB Don't Stop for uh, good traditional baseball content for my for my old head listeners, I, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.